Hi, I'm Jayan Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. We've timed this edition of InFocus to coincide with an important bit of parliamentary history. 50 years ago on this day, that's August 9, 1970, was the last time that a private member's bill was passed by both houses of parliament. Now, you may be familiar with private member's bills or be vaguely aware. Save for a few very high-profile ones, they don't often make the news. But nonetheless, they remain an important part of the parliamentary process. A private member's bill is the only way for a parliamentarian who is not in the government as a minister to introduce a piece of legislation. And the fact that it's been 50 years since the legislation proposed by a private member of parliament was actually enacted into a law tells a story of its own. So we'll use this episode to take a break from the regular news cycle and take a look instead at some parliamentary history. We'll discuss why time given to discussing private members' bills has declined over the years. We'll look at some of the important ones proposed in the past and in recent years, and how the process around them can be strengthened going forward. My guest today is Chakshu Roy. He's the head of legislative and civic engagement at the non-profit PRS Legislative Research, which tracks all things to do with parliament and lawmaking in India. Chakshu Roy, welcome to InFocus once again. Thank you for joining us. Jayan, thank you for having me. Right. So uh, we're coming up upon a very interesting moment in parliamentary history. Uh, that is uh, today, in fact, the day when this podcast is published. August 9th, 1970 was the last time in India that a private member bill was passed by both houses of parliament. Now, um, a lot of people might know what private member bills are. A lot of people may not because... Uh, given that this was a, that 50 years ago was the last time that both houses of parliament passed one, it may not have made a lot of news or it's not part of the regular news cycle. So um, I guess I'll start over there. Can you, we can just go into some constitutional parliamentary history. What is the private member bill? How did it, what's, what's the idea behind it? And what is it supposed to achieve in parliamentary function? Uh, our members of parliament are lawmakers, our constitution you know, gives them the responsibility for making laws. Now, very often, this responsibility translates into members of parliament debating and uh, discussing legislation that is brought forward or piloted by the government. But parliament also allows individual members of parliament who are not ministers to write up their own legislation, bring it to parliament, discuss it, and if they have the support of the House, also to get it passed. So any legislation which is piloted by a member who is not a minister is called a private member legislation. And uh, as you mentioned in your opening remarks, uh, we are now at a moment when the last time a private member bill received the assent of the president and came into law, was approximately, you know, half a century ago. Right. Um, sorry, one, one second. Yeah. So, um, wait. 
So right. So um, is is the process for a private member bill uh, to become an act? Is it is it similar to government bills? Jain, uh, the 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 any legislation that is passed by parliament, whether it is you know piloted by the government or a private member, uh, goes through the exact same process, with one small difference, uh, and the difference is uh, if a Lok Sabha member. Uh, introduces uh, a legislation in Lok Sabha, they can only get it passed in their house. Uh, our rules of parliamentary functioning prohibit a member of one house to participate in the proceedings of the other house. So what happens is that when a private member bill gets passed by one house, then it is championed in the other house by a member of that house. Uh, so any time, so for example, uh, you know, the last private member bill that was passed uh, was passed by Miss uh, was a, a bill called the Right of Transgender Persons Bill, uh, which was uh, piloted by Mr. Tiruchi Siva. Uh, he was able to, you know, have that bill passed in Rajya Sabha, uh, but for that bill to come into Lok Sabha, it then had to be piloted by a Lok Sabha member of Parliament. Right. And so on that occasion, it, it did not happen because, yeah, I remember this bill making news in uh, 2015, was it? That's correct. Right. Yeah. So 2015, so um, Mr. Tarichi Sarva gets the bill passed in the Rajya Sabha, but nobody then takes it up in the Lok Sabha. Well, actually, people take it up in the Lok Sabha, but by right. then the government uh, introduces its own version of a bill on a similar subject and the government's bill uh, is passed. Right. So taking taking cues from the private members bill or, uh, or taking elements from the private members bill. Correct. Right. So um, again, uh, just bringing up a statistic that you sort of helpfully provided me here. Um, and we're taking we're looking at the period 2011 to 2019, um, excluding. Sorry, why is why are we excluding 2014? Uh, election year. Oh, right. Right. So. Um, and yeah, and excluding 2014, which is an election year. So, um, so about 1,800 private member bills have been introduced in this period. Um, and keep in mind that Parliament works meets for about 70 days in the year, and private member bills are uh, taken up for discussion on Fridays. So that's just 14 Fridays in a year. But still, 1,800 private member bills have been introduced in this um, eight-year period. But only around sixty of them have actually been considered. So, um, so, so why is that? What, what exactly happens uh, around private member bills? Is there just not a lot of interest anymore? Jen, actually, you know, there are two things that that are at play uh, when it comes to private member bills. The right. First is, uh, as you uh, pointed out, is the uh, pure logistical challenge. Uh, ever since a parliament started, uh, the the amount of time that private member bills get is extremely limited. So, uh, uh, as you pointed out uh, in your question, uh, private member bills are debated on a Friday and not on every Friday, on every alternate Friday when a, when Parliament is in session. Right. So that's that's one. So just the number of available Fridays, you know, for you to be able to debate such a legislation. The second challenge is that. It is, an, it is a question of as to how interested are members in private member legislation. 
Now, one number indicates that members are extremely interested because you know they are introducing thousand plus private member bills, so clearly they are taking it seriously. But there is also a little bit of disinterest uh, in Parliament when it comes to private member legislation. And that can be seen by the empty seats in both Lok Sabha and Rajya Sabha on a Friday. Now, uh, Fridays are, you know, rather unique uh, uh, in Parliament uh, because of uh, uh, because of the placement of the day itself. On Fridays, especially in the second half of the day when private member business is supposed to take place, members of Parliament are actually leaving Delhi to go back to their constituency and be with their constituents. So the actual number of people who are in the house to debate and discuss private member bills is also limited. And on some occasions, I've also witnessed that uh, quorum in the house is not there and the house has to be adjourned uh, because because of the less number of people, um, MPs in parliament. But there's another aspect. The other aspect is uh, if, if for the last 50 years, you know, private member legislations have not passed, it is also a signal as to the amount of support that these legislation get from the government. Now, in the past, you know, we've had private member bills getting passed and government, whether uh, whether consciously or reluctantly, you know, agreeing uh, to those bills. Uh, but, uh, but recently, in the last 50 years, uh, governments have been that much more reluctant to support private member legislation. In fact, one of the usual things that happens is after a bill is fully discussed, uh, a minister who's supposed to be responding to that debate on that bill will request the member who's piloting the bill and say, you know, can you withdraw this bill? And my ministry will think about introducing uh, a bill on similar lines. And very often members of parliament agree to that request. But there's a renewed interest in uh, private member bills uh, in the last few years. One, because members of parliament use private member bills as a mechanism for uh, highlighting issues that are there in the public domain. Sometimes they can be political issues. So, for example, uh, a Rajya Sabha member uh, uh, one or two years ago uh, introduced a bill on uh, uh, the construction for Ram Mandir. Uh, another member of parliament uh, introduced a bill which talked about uh, family planning. Uh, I remember uh, Dr. Shashi Tharoor had introduced a bill uh, talking about legalization uh, of gay relationships. So, so people, uh, members of parliament also use uh, private member legislation to highlight contemporary issues and their perspective on those issues. So despite the fact that, you know, there is a little bit of a reluctance from the government side, members of parliament still think that this is an extremely valuable mechanism in their hands to draw people's attention to certain issues. Right. Yeah. So I, was going to, I was going to get to that also, um, the, the aspect of how legislators uh, themselves view uh, piloting private member bills. And uh, PRS, of course, works with a lot of MPs on the ground. Um, and aside from highlighting the uh, you know issues that are in the public sphere and bringing attention to them, um, do legislators still see this in some way as uh, you know being a very pivotal part of being a parliamentarian, um, introducing a private member's bill? Jent, I think you know when members of parliament view their role, uh, they view the role in two aspects. One is obviously catering to their constituents, 
and the second is making a meaningful contribution to parliamentary's uh, parliament's working now if i look at the subjects of private member bills that get introduced they get introduced on a whole range of things so uh, members of parliament uh, introduce private member bills to amend the constitution or to amend existing acts or to uh, find a gap in existing legislation and fix that gap and and i'll give you an example so for example you know when rajesh pilot Uh, was in his first term in parliament back in the 80s he introduced a bill uh, which talked about uh, how members of parliament should declare their assets and liabilities now this is something that we take for granted now that when members of parliament fight an election they will they will declare their assets and liabilities but that was an idea that actually started out you know back in the day in the 80s and culminated into Uh, it finally happening you know in the last 10 years so those are interesting aspects as to how members of parliament think that their ideas have value and they want to bring that value to parliament and they want to share their ideas with other members of parliament to see as to whether their ideas receive support so for them it is an extremely uh, passionate uh, you know parliamentary tool otherwise they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't be investing so much time and energy in it uh, after all a private member bill takes time and effort uh, it takes time to be drafted it takes time to you know garner support within the house when their when their bill is getting discussed and it also takes uh, you know a lot of gumption to stand up and say oh, you know what i'm going to stand by my bill and not withdraw it so clearly members of parliament find value uh, in that and that's why they go ahead with it. Uh, yeah so one point that struck me earlier uh, which in which you mentioned that you know a private members bill is obviously by definition one that is introduced by a, a parliamentarian who is not a minister um so you know given over the last 5 uh, years definitely but even going back you know obviously our politics has become more and more polarized and our governments generally don't like to recognize uh, perhaps legislation work done by opposition mps um so is is 1970 also the last time that uh, that a member of the opposition can actually uh, contribute legislation jet if you look at the if you look at the statistics uh, yeah every private member bill that has been passed uh, yeah. has has till the 1970 was a private member bill which was piloted by a member of the ruling party right that is correct and i think there was one private member bill that was piloted by an independent mp right mr tirichi siva bill was interesting because uh, you know he was an opposition mp in rajya sabha and he right. was able to garner support uh, within the opposition and get that bill you know passed through rajya sabha but but there are two things at play here one is you know the uh, the 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 difference between Uh, the treasury and the opposition and also the subject very often i have also always seen that opposing members of parliament will support each other's bill if they are agreeable on the subject take for example subjects around parliamentary reform whenever bills have come to parliament which have discussed parliamentary reform there is cross party support on those bills and you know one such bill uh, which has come on multiple occasions Uh, has been a bill on 
uh, increasing the number of sitting days of parliament. And when that bill was being discussed, members of parliament, both from the ruling party and the opposition, said, oh, you know what, this is a great idea and the government should think about it. So I think, you know, one factor obviously is plays party politics. And sometimes, you know, uh, an opposition member's bill will get blocked also. So, for example, Dr. Shashi Tharoor's bill that I was talking about earlier, yeah. that bill could not be introduced because before a bill is introduced, there is a motion to introduce the bill. Uh, and uh, the motion to introduce Dr. Shashi Tharoor's bill was blocked by uh, the Treasury benches. And that's parliamentary politics. If you have the numbers, you can get your bill passed. And if you have the numbers, you can get a bill blocked. But it also depends on the subject of the bill. Very often, the subject of a bill would be something that would appeal to cross parties. And then members of parliament will rally uh, onto that bill and, you know, support that bill uh, by, you know, by speaking in favor of that bill in the House. But there is another thing that is, uh, that is coming to play. Uh, and that thing is uh, how, how much resources do members of parliament have to be able to draft good private member bills? Legislations, uh, by their very nature, are supposed to be technical. Legislation, by their very nature, are have a large impact, especially when they are passed by parliament. And yes. members of parliament do not have that research support, that technical support that the government has. Uh, very often, the bills that they introduce in parliament are not always up to the mark. Their intention might be right, but you know, it would require a lot of work uh, for that bill to be improved, amended, enhanced before it could take uh, the shape of law. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes, you know, bills come across uh, in, in a very well-drafted form. I remember, uh, uh, for example, uh, when Mr. I.K. Gujral was a member of Rajya Sabha, he had introduced a bill on private member, uh, a private member legislation, women's reservation. Uh, you know, when uh, Atal Bihari Vajpayee was a member of Rajya Sabha, he had introduced a bill which talked about how to limit contributions from uh, companies to political parties. And some of those some of those ideas were picked up by the government. Mr. Vajpayee's idea was picked up by the government and the and the law was amended uh, to limit those contributions. It's a different matter that the law has changed again uh, to remove that limit. Uh, the women's reservation bill, you know, was debated in parliament, was passed in Rajya Sabha, uh, you know, approximately 10-12 years uh, after uh, Mr. I.K. Gujarat's bill. So I think the government uh, also uses private member bills as identifying subject areas which are well worth taking forward, either in the private member bills, either in the private member's name or in the government's name. Usually the trend is that good ideas get picked up. Government may or may not acknowledge the contribution of a private member. But, uh, you know, if that idea gets picked up and then gets carried forward, then possibly uh, I think that's a great thing. For example, another great idea that, that was taken up by the government uh, was the right to information bill, which was passed in the UPA 1 tenure in 2005. Okay. There were several private members who had introduced uh, bills with similar idea about how to open up government, how to make government functioning more transparent in the in the late 90s and the early 90s. 
and for for the for government to take up that idea and bring make it their own and bring it uh, you know shows validation that those ideas had strength and it took time but you know they definitely got to the house so to me an important aspect of private member bills whether they get passed whether they get discussed is the fact that they act as a signaling mechanism to the government it's a dipstick for the government to say oh, you know what this is what members of parliament are thinking and possibly some of these ideas might be well worth considering now oh, that's really interesting uh, so of course one uh, one thing that i uh, may have omitted to ask is that you know we've been talking a lot about the period uh, post 1970 uh, also because we fashioned this as a kind of a 50 years after the last uh, private members bill that was passed by both houses um but just uh, do we have any information from pre 1970 uh, to suggest that perhaps in the early decades of the functioning of uh, india's parliament uh, private members bills uh, were perhaps uh, taken up more widely or not taken up more widely but perhaps passed more often by uh, both houses yeah so uh, uh, in fact in in the first in the first term of a parliament uh, which began in 1952 there were yeah. six private member bills which were passed by both houses of parliament Uh, I think five of them originated in the Lok Sabha. One of them originated in the Rajya Sabha. Uh, you know, one interesting one that comes to my mind uh, was uh, uh, Firoz Gandhi, who was a Congress MP, uh, had introduced a bill uh, which uh, which has which has a bearing on how uh, how uh, newspapers and websites report on parliamentary functioning. Uh, the name of his bill was Proceeding of Legislatures Protection of Publication Bill. Uh, and the idea of the bill was that uh, if uh, if a news publication reproduced uh, the pa- parliamentary proceedings in a correct form they should not be you know uh, liable for civil or criminal proceedings for publishing a true account of what happened in parliament uh, and you know that laid the foundation for parliamentary reporting and reportage uh, over the last uh, 70 years uh, and that's not the only one uh, i remember uh, in uh, uh, well i don't remember because i wasn't there but a parliamentary record suggests uh, that uh, rukmini devi arundel uh, had introduced a bill uh, uh, for uh, ensuring that uh, there was no cruelty done to animals and uh, jawalal nehru was present in the house that day uh, actually commended her and said you know that her bill uh, uh, had the right ideas and he assured her that uh, you know the government will pick up on those ideas and introduce a bill uh, in uh, by the government and the government went ahead and did that so uh, there are examples of uh, of both things bills getting translated and the government also picking up on ideas another interesting bill that came to uh, that that i remember is vallabhbhai patel's daughter uh, was in parliament and uh, she had introduced a bill Uh, and she was a congress member of parliament and uh, uh, the law minister tried to convince her to withdraw her bill and at the first instance she would not agree uh, she she wasn't too sure as to whether she wanted to withdraw the bill or not and the debate in the house had to be adjourned uh, so that you know she could be convinced one way or the other so it's not as if that the government uh, did not always press upon members the government did press upon members uh, uh, when you know it was sure that it had some ideas in the works which would be more comprehensive than what uh, 
the private members are uh, are piloting. But I think the difference was that there was a little more time to debate on some of these legislations. Obviously, Parliament used to sit for longer number of days uh, uh, till the, about the 1960s and early 70s. So that's one aspect that you know we hope that our Parliament, if it if it works for longer number of days, perhaps there'll be more time for things like private member. Right. Yeah, that's a good place also to end. Also, um, you know, since we, um, in, in a sense, we are talking about a process that is important to Parliament, um, and given that it has kind of suffered, and one of the reasons that you mentioned is because there is poor attendance, there isn't that much time to take up discussion on on private member bills. What would you? What would be your suggestions just to kind of strengthen that process? Jen, one of the things that we have to recognize is that members of Parliament, as lawmakers, do an important service by highlighting to the government gaps in existing legislation that they encounter uh, and uh, one way to recognize that is to give a little more time for private member bills private member business so possibly an increased number of hours now one way i would think is you know rather than devoting half a day either you know make parliament sit for a longer number of days so that there are more fridays uh, uh, on which private member business can be taken and another idea that i think should be well worth exploring is because members of parliament you know decide to travel you know on a friday afternoon to be to go back and be with their constituents maybe move private member business to middle of the week where uh, you know, uh, so possibly uh, you know Tuesday or Wednesday, when they are already in town, and you know Friday is much further down, uh, so that you know there is more active participation, and uh, some of these ideas get you know the kind of attention they deserve middle of the week, because even media attention gonna you know uh, starts declining you know come a Friday, but if it's the middle of the week, you know possibly there's that much more incentive for members of parliament to take this seriously and there'll be more parliamentarians present in the house and the government can obviously get their business done on a friday by issuing a whip uh, and ensuring people's attendance uh, so i think those are two those are two things that i would like to see uh, to get uh, private member bills a little more prominence in our parliamentary function right so i think we'll end it there chakshu uh, always fascinating to talk to you and to draw upon your encyclopedic knowledge of uh, parliament and its processes uh, and i hope to see you uh, again very soon on the in focus podcast thank you jan thank you for highlighting such an important issue always good to be on your podcast